Welcome to MRS Bulletin's Materials News Podcast, providing breakthrough news and interviews with researchers on the hot topics of biomaterials, quantum materials, sustainability, artificial intelligence, perovskites, and robotics. My name is Sophia Chen. Inside a lab at the Weizmann Institute of Science in Israel, biologist Ron Milo and his team have engineered a strain of E. coli with an unusual diet. Natural E. coli is a heterotroph, meaning that it can only consume organic carbon compounds, like glucose. But Milo's team converted the bacteria into an autotroph, an organism such as a plant that can consume inorganic carbon. They essentially changed the bacteria's metabolic process. What we did in this study is showed that we could take an organism of the second type, a heterotroph, such as, in this case, E. coli, that is used to having its diet coming from glucose in the media and being able to transform it into the first type, the autotrophs, that build all of the biomass directly from CO2. To do this, Milo's team had to enable E. coli to perform carbon fixation. Carbon fixation is a capability found in plants where inorganic forms of carbon are converted into organic compounds. This process involves first adding electrons to the inorganic carbon, or reducing it, which allows the carbon to form an organic molecule. Then, the organic carbon is converted into biomass such as proteins and carbohydrates inside the cell. They did this by adding some genes into the bacteria's DNA. One gene, for example, enabled the E. coli to reduce the carbon by taking electrons from a compound called formate. They also put in other genes. So we put in the gene that takes carbon dioxide and incorporates it into biomass. It's a gene called Rubisco. We also put in a gene that builds a substrate for Rubisco. It's called PRK. But genetic engineering on its own was not enough. The engineered bacteria still ate sugar. So to make bacteria that ate only carbon dioxide, they turned to a technique known as adaptive laboratory evolution. They placed the engineered bacteria in a container with very little sugar and a high concentration of carbon dioxide, an environment which basically starved the cells. In this low-sugar environment, they let the bacteria reproduce several hundred times for nearly a year. Eventually, they found that these later generations of E. coli generated all their biomass from carbon dioxide. They could confirm this because they used carbon dioxide consisting of the isotope carbon-13, while the sugar and the formate contain the usual carbon-12. Milo says that this work will help scientists better understand how biological systems perform carbon fixation, which could lead to exciting environmental and agricultural applications. The process of carbon fixation, not necessarily our work, but by this whole field, is aiming to find ways to deal with the challenge of how do you produce transportation fuels that would not harm the environment, as well as thinking of how to increase yields in agriculture, and more generally to see if there's ways in order to sequester CO2 from all sorts of concentrated sources, or maybe even directly from the air. These applications are still quite futuristic and require much more development, he says. For example, in their study, the bacteria produced carbon dioxide in addition to consuming it. In total, it created a net gain of carbon dioxide. So in its current form, the bacteria would not be useful for many applications. But they've come a long way since Milo started the project about a decade ago. 
I remember when I was presenting this work, people thought it's somewhere between naive and crazy to think that one could actually change a heterotroph into an autotroph. Milo's team had previously tried to genetically engineer the E. coli without the evolutionary selection step, but that didn't work. He says the combination of genetic engineering and evolution is what ultimately led to their success. It's important to state the heroes behind these are the students that were willing to engage in such a long-term effort. As a concrete example, the lead author is Shmuel Gleiser, who worked on this project for seven years, starting as a master's student and then a PhD student and now finishing his postdoc. And it's really thanks to his perseverance that we could achieve such a feat. His team is currently studying in more detail how the engineered bacteria evolved to gain carbon fixation ability. They're also working to see if they can make the bacteria perform the same feat at ambient atmospheric concentrations of carbon dioxide. We did most of our experiments in an atmosphere of 10% CO2. We could also show we could grow the bacteria in lower CO2 levels of, say, about 1%. But what we have in the atmosphere around us is about 400 parts per million, and we want to see if we could evolve the bacteria to grow on that. This work was published in a recent issue of Cell. My name is Sophia Chen from the Materials Research Society. For more news, log on to the MRS Bulletin website at mrsbulletin.org and follow us on Twitter at MRS Bulletin. Thank you for listening.